When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Winning Plays podcast, episode number four, with Brian, Rob, and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. And guys, it's a little fitting for this to be episode number four, because as we speak, there are four games left in the Celtics regular season. Recording this on a Wednesday, Celtics play tonight in Miami, Friday night in Indiana, nice rematch of last Friday night. Uh, Speaking of last Friday, uh, Michael Pina, you just got back from Vegas. You spent last weekend uh, in Sin City, is this correct? I did. I was at a bachelor party for a good friend of mine. Um, How do you feel? My brain was mush uh, the past, I guess the first 48 hours back. I went to the the Bucks-Nets game on Monday night after coming in on the red eye, and I did not get any sleep on that red eye. So that game was very interesting. Um, But uh, yeah, Vegas, you know, weekend in Vegas, absolutely brutal. All right. we're, we're going to get to that. We're going to okay. we're going to get get back to it. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about the fact that I call Vegas Sin City. I hate that. I, I'd like to re- retract that. It's not a good nickname. No, it's horrible, and I'm and I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to hear more about that later. B Rob is going to retell his his famous story about playing craps with Kenneth Ken Freed, and what we can learn about NBA players from playing <laughs> alongside them. Uh, earlier in the week, the Celtics announced Marcus Smart as the 2019 recipient of the Red Auerbach Award. So, congrats to Marcus. And seeing how it's award season, I think we're going to hand out a few awards ourselves today. Uh, season-long awards. MVP, obviously, we're going to we're gonna do a biggest disappointment, most underutilized. Uh, but first, B-Rob, Brian Robb, a resident Celtics beat writer. I kind of I forget about the Red Auerbach Award every year. What like is it? it? Exactly. It's, I, I, look, I looked it up. Do you want to tell us, B-Rob? Or yeah, no, you can, you can have, you, know, you go ahead, Rich. Well, I, found the original, I found the original press release. Yep. 2000, oh. 2016. Uh, 2006. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just uh, it, it's given to the Celtic that best embodies what it means to be a Celtic. You know, what, what Red Auerbach envisioned as Celtic pride or, or whatever it is. Can you name, guys, two, two guys in the history of the award going back to 2006 have won two Red Auerbach awards. They're two two-time winners. Any guesses, Brian? You're up? I, will, I mean... Paul Pierce would have to be one for sure. And Mark um, Blount. I would think. Yeah, of course. And then, uh, <laughs> and Dino Raja. Um, Dino would have racked him up if, if it yeah. existed, but while he was, he was active hall of famer, Dino Raja, by the way. Mm. Mm. Um, I, number two, I, that's a tough one. Maybe Rondo, but I don't know. Mike, you have a guess? KG. It's KG. Anyways, congratulations yeah. to Marcus. Um, I think we want to just just get right into these awards, right? Yeah, just dive in. I mean, Let's dive in. We got the Pacers. We're, we're, we'll get to the Pacers eventually. Everyone knows that the Celtics are playing the Pacers in the in the playoffs. And Friday, I think, is a big game. But let's get to the awards. Which one do we start with? Uh, let's, hey, Rob, let's, get, get us going. Yeah, let's get, go fast and furious here. Let's start with MVP because, um, I mean, I think, you know, this was an obvious choice earlier in the year. Um, in my estimation, but um, I think we have had a couple, you know, or not a couple. We've had one one other guy 
uh, make it a two horse race uh, towards the end here. But um, I guess I'll put it, I'll, I'll start with Mike here. Cause I'm always curious how me and him line up here in terms of what his uh, choice here. And it was, if this was even a tough choice for him. Uh, it was, it was actually a little more difficult than I anticipated. Um, I went with Al Horford as the MVP. Of course you did. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, the there's been a lot of, made of his on-off splits, particularly since the All-Star break, where the Celtics are just getting absolutely blasted uh, when he's off the court, and they look extremely good and, and confident when he's on the floor. Um it's really funny when you look at just the on off. Obviously, there's so much more to look at than off, strictly on off splits when we're talking about a most valuable player for an entire season. But um, before the uh, before the All Star break, his on off splits actually weren't even that impressive. Yeah, um, no, they're bad. <laughs> yeah, they were bad. Um, so that made. Uh, that made Kyrie Irving was was I, I I almost leaned in that direction just because I am a firm believer in his talent and we saw it at the end of the Indiana Pacers game on Friday, um, just having a guy who's completely unguardable uh, in a I mean he's been so good in clutch situations as well uh, all year long uh, having one of the better statistical seasons of his entire career in terms of efficiency. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to say all these nice things about Kyrie if you're just gonna. Give the award to Al. This is true, yeah. That, that's, true. that's how I feel. All right, then I'll stop right there. Mm-hmm. B-Rob, who did you pick? <laughs> um, I want to go to Rich right now. Okay. Because I'm still, um, as we, I'm honestly going back and forth in my head as we are, are discussing this. Well, did the you, wire. But did you pick one before we before we came on Yeah, I picked one, but well, I'm who, just. Who, who was it? I mean. Uh, no, wait, read, read, go to your list and just, just, just read it. No, well, I am torn right now because. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is the truth, who it should do you be. Think, do you think that he didn't pick one and he and he's just doing it on the fly? It's it's possible. Be no, right. I think you need to just say who you picked your MVP is. It's yeah. okay. We won't hold you to it. No, I mean I want to <laughs> on, on on the court. It's Kyrie okay, Irving. So Ky- Kyrie. Yeah, it's Kyrie. Sure. But in a way, it it pains me to give it to him based on just how this season has gone, in terms of like the off floor stuff. Like it's it's hard and, and, and the turn of how well Al has played in the last two months. So when you just look at, you know, there's no question Kyrie's putting up career numbers, his encore performance barring, you know, the a pretty horrific February from a defensive perspective has been fantastic. But you look at just the the hiccups he's had in not dividing the locker room, but like, you know, calling out the young guys, getting frustrated on the floor um the ask me july first stuff all that stuff it it makes it you know it makes me want to give it to alf even though the the on-court numbers say i should Kyrie's is just trying his hardest man i mean <laughs> i mean but here's on the court and i, I know there have been brief they're not brief there have been there have, there, been. <laughs> there, 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 there have been lapses but generally speaking i mean you go back to that the on the pacers that one play uh on friday night right where he got was he got the rebound and he chased down and like it sort of picked off a loose ball like right on the baseline. I think it, it, they didn't end up scoring. I think ultimately it was like a turnover or something. But do you know the play I'm, I'm talking about? Um, yeah, it got a rebound in traffic, and then it like there was like a like the ball took a big bounce and was going towards like almost half court. And he, is this he, late in the fourth quarter. You know, what, let, let, let's just move on. But I'm just saying it was one okay. of many plays this year where I feel like yo know, he he has played his ass off. But beer up, I'll, I'll tell you, man. Coming into this conversation, it was an easy Kyrie for me. Yeah, 
I believe that. Uh, but but what you say about like, can you be the MVP if you are pulling the strings kind of the way he was behind the scenes and like and it's not like the players he he made he made like really hard for the organization this year. Um, can you be the MVP and still be that guy? I don't know. I feel like for some reason I'm able to, to separate it. You know, I feel like there enough times. I think he. What, what, what I found is also kind of pushing me the other way is that who do you think played more games this year? Who has played more games, Kyrie or, or Horford? I won't answer because I just looked at it. Pino, what do you think? Um, I think that it's Horford. Yeah, so Ally, he's, he's played in one more game, 65-64 right now, which did surprise me. It feels like Kyrie's, Kyrie's been taking a lot more. of nights off. <laughs> He's taken a lot of trips to Cleveland off, um, among other places. <laughs> yeah, so like, but I, yeah, I still like, I still feel like he's just the guy that's been ca- that's carried, and and part of the beauty of Al Horford is that he's like there are a lot of subtleties to and nuances to his dominance and his greatness. It just feels to me like Kyrie has carried more of the the burden on the court this year and more deserving of the MVP. I mean, the burden was definitely on him for the first half of the year because Al wasn't good then. And obviously, Marcus Morris is much better. Smart was playing out of his mind at that point too. But Kyrie, really, like the, the Celtics started ten and ten. And it could be could have been even worse if Kyrie wasn't like a showman during those opening twenty thirty games there. Um, but it 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 just is really hard to ignore. Just like all the all the drama that he's um, again. It's not all on him, obviously. It, it, there's been plenty of drama across this whole locker room. Um, and just around this team in general for a wide variety of reasons that we've gotten into before, but um, it does it, it creates a little blemish on that. Um, you know, when you when you hand out a guy like kind of give MVP recognition for something like that. Can I throw out a quick stat that kind of cuts into my argument? Sure, um, always. So uh, when Horford has been on the floor without Kyrie this season, uh, the Celtics have been outscored by two point three points per one hundred possessions. And when Kyrie has been on the floor without Al, the Celtics have outscored their opponent by three points per 100 possessions. So that's a pretty, pretty decent swing right there. Interesting. Yeah. For in favor of Ky- Kyrie, you mean? Yes. Yeah, that's what I would. And I would say too, like, just to harp on that point, it's kind of like Horford's importance. I feel like as been strengthened to a sense of like not flawed roster construction but just guys not stepping up behind him like he's super important to this team but th- the fact that like no other big beyond Baines can like man the middle like you know that's that's something that you know makes his numbers look that just much better I feel like for his on offs yeah but and I think he's also a guy that like you know you can. You, there's an argument to be made, and it hasn't happened yet. Is if, if you can win an NBA title with Kyrie Irving as your best player, right? We don't know that for sure yet, but we we know you can't without Horford as your best player. Absolutely. Right? So not. it's like Al, no. you know, Al, Al needs <laughs> Al needs you know the guys like Kyrie to to be at his best. You know, and that's why to me, and I, that's probably why my my mind just jumped so quickly to Kyrie at first with the MVP because just just without him, you know, Al's he can still be Al, but it's just not a, not it's not as significant, I guess. Yeah, it's again. I'm happy that Mike went with Al. I think that's a it was worth talking about. I think it was a 
a closer race. But so what's your what's your final decision? Because this is going to turn the yeah I'm, the I'm winning going, plays MVP. Yeah, so I, I'm sticking with Kyrie. Like Kyrie, that's what I stuck with initially. Sticking and, with Kyrie, I mean, <laughs> okay. which I think I think that's a. I think that's and I, that can come back to burn me on July first here. We'll find out. But uh, <laughs> we need we you know. one of the reasons we need like a Twitter page or website is so that you can take a screenshot of of the the file that has your picks. Sure. Yeah. You know, so we can see what they were before. What's uh? Let's, let's go to most improved. Yeah, this is an interesting. Who's the, who's the MIC this year? I think this is a pretty obvious choice. I do um, too, B Rob. Who do you have? Well, we should let B- <laughs> if it's as obvious as we think it is. B Rob should should unveil it. Terry Rozier, come on! I mean, like, what a what a season! Monstrously. Um, it's it's Marcus Smart mm-hmm. and um, Red Auerbach Award winner. Red Auerbach Award winner, Marcus Smart. They're honest. It is. It's it's sad. I guess this is part of the Celtics' problem that Marcus Smart had no competition for this award. There's mm-hmm. literally no one else on the roster. I feel like who you could even make a case for this. And it's funny, Brad Stevens said in California on the road trip a couple weeks ago that, oh, you know, he thought, you know, Semi Ojale might be the most improved player on this team. <laughs> like, just kind of volunteered that, which is funny because you'd never know it based on how much he's played because um, you just don't get a chance to see him as much. But Smart, obviously, uh, has pegged himself into the starting lineup um, more out of necessity than anything else. He's kind of dipped a little bit lately. We'll talk that later about that later, maybe. But uh, from start to finish, with the three-point shooting, the defense being consistent as always, and um, particularly for me, just the shot selection is so much better um, than previously years. It's a it's a runaway win for Marcus. So I think that Marcus is uh, John Schumann did a big piece about on NBA.com about most improved player, and he has. In his statistical database, he he's able to look at who made the most significant jumps forward in effective field goal percentage from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. And I believe Marcus Smart was, I can't remember off the top, it was either 6th, 7th, or 8th in the entire league, um, which is just, I mean, it's seismic because... You know, that was always the big knock on his game, his inability to finish around the rim, his inability to shoot threes, uh, shot selection, uh, and it really hurt his efficiency throughout his career. And for him to make shots all of a sudden, it really transforms his value. It turns that contract he just signed into, you know, one of the league's best, I would say, honestly. Um, Non-max contracts, non-rookie scale contracts. Uh, So... Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty clearly Marcus Smart. I don't think there are any other... I mean, you, I guess you could make a real dumb case for Kyrie, just because he's better, but, <laughs> but no. like, no, he's not, it's not even close to what Marcus has done this year. Yeah, and, I, and I mean, we've mentioned this before, but the fact that, like, you know, you expect that a lot of times to happen in the contract year, the fact that it's coming after he got paid, um, just more reason to, to respect the way he handles business. And, you know, four, four years, he's gone from... 253 from from beyond three-point line to 367 this year i mean that's that's improvement yeah no question and i mean just talking to someone with the Celtics before the season even started or even like early in the season just talking about closing time lineups and things like that and that was the biggest thing they mentioned early on was like you know ken smart you know before you couldn't really play smart as much in crunch time on offense because teams could ignore him now they can't ignore him. Like he's his three point shooting is at a level where, you know, you leave him wide open at your own risk. Now that's a that's an above average shot. So like, 
that that's going to be, I mean, for all the, the, the problems this team has had this year, or not the problems, but like the, the underwhelming performances, like that could be one of the biggest difference makers in the playoffs now, since, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty clear that Smart's going to be in that crunch time lineup um, pretty close to every game. And he's not going to necessarily have to always be taken out for offense. Yeah, he, he's shooting 40% on open threes this year. Last year it was 32.1%. Wait, what was the number for this year? One more time. Forty. Forty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his his yeah, effective field goal percentage, fifty three. Fifty three. This year, first time it's been over 40, 44 in his career since his rookie year. And you talk about like people like you know not dealing. You know Terry. It's like you're not seeing the floor as much. You're not scoring as much. He's averaging. Marcus Smart averaged fewer minutes this year than any year since two thousand sixteen. And scoring fewer points than any season but his rookie year. It hasn't yeah. seemed to be. Yeah, so. and his, his usage is a career low, uh, way down. Uh, almost five points down from where it was last season. And you see him just kind of make up for that, you know, by leading the league in steal rate. Um, and, you know, obviously being one of the more versatile uh, defenders in the entire league. Uh, yeah, he just, he's, he's great. He's the only guy who's playing their, their role like that. If everyone, not everyone on the team, but like, this is where like Terry Rozier's usage, like not Marcus Morris's, they, these guys should be trending down toward the bottom and just maximizing their opportunities. And smart was one of the few guys on this team just to embrace, you know, he, he figured out, okay, what does this team need? It needs guys to hit open threes and get other people going. And that's been, again, a big part of why the offense has, you know, been a lot better and why the Celtics have thrived when he's been on the floor. Do you guys worry at all? Because, you know, we had the, the Embiid situation uh, in the Philly. You know, Beer, I want to ask you about this first. Like, what's how nervous are you? How much, or I have to say, how much confidence do you have in, in, in Marcus just keeping it together in the playoffs? Uh, like, maybe I that mean, maybe the pretty... Embiid thing needed to happen. Maybe you need to get that yeah, in the system. Maybe I think you exactly. need to be reminded of, of, the, of the stakes. Yeah, I I will say, yeah, I've I'm happy that it happened again, and it cost him a game. Like when he did in the Hawks game, they still won that game. Uh, when he got into the thing with uh, Bembry, the clearly the Sixers game they would have won if he was on the floor. So I'm not worried about that at all. The only thing I'm worried about, I don't know if you guys have noticed this in the last month or two, if, and I don't know, I, it's it's a lot of noise with the on off numbers, but the Celtics have been like trending worse when he's been playing on the floor. And I think that is bizarre given his history, but I do think he has been, his shot selection has kind of slipped in recent weeks. Um, he's taking a little more, you know, getting back into old habits a little bit, if you will. Um, I don't know again, if it's, it doesn't mar his whole season, but it's something that I feel like has contributed to just the, the team's 500 play since the all-star break. Mm. Concur, yeah. Um, uh, the numbers aren't great over the last 20 games or so for him. Um, but, uh, again, there's really no one else to discuss for this award. Um, who would be number two? It, like, just out of, like... I really think it would be... Think? I really think it would be Kyrie. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I, I don't That's think... There's, there's... I mean, it's wild that it has to... Like, it, it is him. Like, I mean, right, maybe right. Gordon Hayward's been a little bit better this year than last year. <laughs> oh, God. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe the progression award from for the start of the season, no question. Then let's, um, 
Speaking of uh, the beginning of last year, biggest disappointment. So congratulations. Marcus Smart is already uh, racking up awards this season. Red Auerbach Award, most improved award. And oh, by the way, he's first team all defense, right? That's that's going to happen. This yeah, year? that's going to happen. I think this year. I uh, I don't see the the fact he's in the starting lineup. I think is what's going to give it to him. I think. Well, Beverly is probably going to get it. And then, Over Marcus. Who, who, well, there's two. No, I'm just there's two spots. So okay. Beverly is going to be in there, and then I'm trying to think of who else would be. Um, in the conversation. Uh, it's anybody come to mind, B Rob? Offhand, no. I mean, like, no one. Clay, like, yeah, I guess Clay, but he's been hurt, and I don't think. I mean, that the Warriors' defense has not been good, so like, I don't think he'll, like, he'll get votes, but I don't think he's gonna be ahead of where the Celtics are. Like, I, I think Smart is a pretty clear cut. I mean, he's he's not gonna run away with it, obviously, but I don't see anyone. Coming I in, could, like even guys like Drew Holiday, like he's been hurt too much. Like the the other name, I think Drew, I like. Drew will be tough to beat. I think, yeah. Um, and I think Bledsoe will also have his name in the conversation, That's particularly true. because their defense has been yeah lights out the whole year. Marcus, so he'll has, get the na- Marcus has the narrative though. Every every time they're on national TV, that's all made by right. Gundy. Everyone's talking about it. It's true. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, congrats Celtics. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest I'll disappointment. This should be interesting. B-Rob, do you want to go, you want to lead us off? No, I want to, I'm going to hand this off to Mike here because I, again, there are too many names to pick from for me. There are so some. I want to no, no, the, the like, thing is, you're supposed to pick before I know, but I want to, podcast. It's part of, that's part of the prep. I, I understand, but sometimes I want to be convinced. Well, I want to hear other cases <laughs> to, to, to short my uh, decision. I mean, you guys know what my decision my answer is going to be so i like, think i do but there's a lot of options i, I, mean, there are I, I can options. go i can go first i don't care yeah. um i my my pick is uh terry rogier um i thought that he was going to come into this season as a sixth man of the year candidate someone who would just uh complete we were just talking about you know role acceptance and uh, I thought that he was going to understand what his role was and um, be in situations where Brad Stevens could even play him in crunch time with Kyrie, uh, play Kyrie a little bit off the ball. Um, I thought uh, my, my expectations were really high for Terry coming into the season off of the, the playoff run he had last year where there were some real exciting moments from him shooting the ball. And I think in just about every area, he has been uh quite disappointing i mean he has not taken steps forward as a scorer he's still very inefficient he struggles to finish around the basket um his playmaking has not improved at all uh his rebounding is you know you still see glimpses of it but he's someone who especially when the celtics are small should be able to grab and go and really bring a new uh, dynamic to the offense and transition and we just haven't seen uh, any of that. Um, and this is a contract year for him as well. So you would imagine that maybe he's pressing and and his inability to really fit in with with uh, an adjustment to minutes coming off that playoff run where I anticipate, you know, Heath probably thought he had a more firm, sol- it was walking on more firm, solid ground in the rotation. But uh, yeah, he's, he's, there's a lot of candidates here and I don't want to step on anybody's <laughs> name. Um, but, but here's, but here's, here's Taylor my question. Isn't... But here's my yeah. question for you: Is that so you, so? you said that you thought he was going to be in the six-man conversation. Yes. Right? 
But that that was never a reality. Why? How? Who's not, who wasn't who wasn't going to play? <laughs> I I know, but like so what? So so Marcus and Gordon and Jalen, all those guys would be behind Terry Rozier in the depth, depth chart. I just I just don't think the opportunity was ever there. I mean, I know we like all thought that, but I, I don't know. I don't I don't think that was ever something that he was going to attain this year. And I and I think he probably felt the same way you did. He probably thought he was maybe going to be in the, in the six man conversation too, but. I don't know. I don't think it was a reality. When we talk about like how Marcus Smart was able to accept his role. It was a lot easier to accept Marcus Smart's role than Terry Rozier's role on this team. So, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have a disappointing year. Like, I'm sure Terry's very disappointed in how this year went. But I just don't, I don't know. I, 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 I never felt like he got necessarily the, the, the chance and dropped it. I just, I don't know. I never, he never really got a, a great chance. Never got a chance? But you love the, Terry, Rich. You well, love I Terry. I love him. I, I mean, so, uh, he'll, he'll come up later but i don't know i just but he was never going to be a six-man candidate the, the minutes just weren't here like they, they they kept him around for Kyrie insurance right yeah i mean he, okay so but that doesn't mean that he hasn't sucked and been disappointing sure like, yeah just i know the, exactly. the rationale of why they kept him around i mean no but i'm just saying that like I think the so what, what was his the, the what was his role supposed is based on expectations yeah, yeah. that were unreal It was also based on just, like, you're supposed to get better. Like, even if his minutes dropped, you would think that, uh, and his shots dropped, you would think that his efficiency would go up, because that's typically what happens. That's not the case. Like, he got worse. But there's so, nothing typical about his situation. Like, he had, he was he was given a, a, an audition, basically. And I wouldn't say he nailed it, but, like, <laughs> let's, let's, get, let's give him a B plus, right? Last year, okay. all, all things considered, you're now the starting point guard. Uh, Kyrie's out. I, I I give him a B plus, and like that that was atypical for that to happen, and then to have to go right back. Not only that, like you got Gordon back, you know, you brought Marcus Smart back. Like the the it just less than ideal to get better. I don't know. And, that, and that's not to say he hasn't gotten better, but it's just a less than ideal situation to show it. Who's okay? B B Red. What are you? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a situation where. Yeah, like I agree with what Rich said. Or like, it was a, definitely a B plus last year. He was fantastic last year when he came over. I just think that maybe it was potentially like the worst thing for him in terms of like going into this year, in terms of what his expectations needed to be for this team. Of like, he was not able to you know take a step back, take a smaller role, a la Smart, in terms of the offense and focus on the things he needed to do to, you know, help this team win. Because the things he's been trying to do to help this team win, I take a lot of shots, take the same amount of shots that he did last year per the time he's on the floor. Like, there are clearly much better options on this team to do that. And defensively, I think he's been a step back from last year too. And I don't know why, what you point to for that. Maybe he's focused on other things. But, like, you put it all together and he's been given the, – the thing I – like, he's been given such a long a leash, Rich, all year long, too. Like, he's been very bad at times. He hasn't been benched once. And that's a tribute to Brad Stevens and, like, having the faith in him to, like, you, we know you're better than this. You can turn it around, which is great, which is, like, I get. But the fact he hasn't really been able to turn it around for a sustained stretch for this long now is, like – is makes it 
an easy choice for me. Anyway. Just like in even the numbers aside, like he's someone who is so just like incredibly athletic and uh, like just physically gifted in terms of separation, a ridiculous first step, the ability to basically get wherever he wants with the ball. And you would think that someone with those skills and, and those special gifts would be able to shoot over 40% from the floor. And he is not even close. So yeah, that's why I had him as the most disappointing for me. Okay. Who, who you got rich? So it's not, it's not as, uh, as headlining as, as Terry Rozier, but I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, with Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. I was not expecting that. No, exactly. That's that, that. That's that's why I saved it for last. But no, I I think that, and obviously it's very relative. To say that Jason Tatum is a disappointment is outrageous. I'm just saying disappointment. What what, what go go with, on? What we go into <laughs> what we go into the season with? We talk about guys losing minutes. You know, Tatum played more minutes this year than he did last year. And a lot of it's. I I just I think I was just expecting a little bit of a bigger leap in terms of consistency. In terms of maybe confidence, and we still see it, right? It just didn't. The improvement, like I'll say, the guy that we watched in the playoffs last year, and the guy we watched in the regular season this year, I didn't see. I don't feel a super marked difference. It's not as much as I felt I was going to. His three point percentage is down. We talk about Marcus, the opposite from you know from forty three percent to thirty seven percent. He's shooting better from the line, but he's getting there less often, and that's in more minutes. So I don't know. Well, so, so it's I mean, a bit of a letdown. but real quick, like last year, that was one of the better. He was one of the better three-point shooters in the entire league as a 19-year-old rookie. So, you should expect regression. You shouldn't expect that to get better. It's not it, that number is not going to go up. Sure, but 43 and 37. That's 37 is pretty good, man. It's and not he, bad. I, I mean, I'm, like I'm it, saying, you, what I what I felt coming in, what our sure. expectations for Jason Tatum coming in. Yeah. yeah. I hear I, you. I um, will say I will say I've been disappointed with his his defense this year. I feel like his like closeouts and just like getting he'd get so many backdoor cuts on him, like stuff like that that you would hope would improve from year one to year two have kind of gone in the wrong direction. Um and so I mean the offense stuff is what it is. It's a tough environment for this team. The shots going around, there was gonna be a regression anyway based on those numbers like Mike said. But I feel like his defense, he's had, he's long, he, like, it's, it's been good at times, but it's also, like, he's been prone to lapses that have, you know, contributed to this team kind of nosediving in the last couple months on that front. And I, and I say all this under the umbrella of saying I think that zero is going to be in the rafters someday. Like, I, hey, this guy's an all-time great, but maybe I was just a little hoping for a little bit more, a little bit quicker. And that could be totally unreasonable. That's not to say, and I, I think he's one of those guys that I've said this before has it in him. Like when the playoffs come, I wouldn't be surprised if we do finally see that that Tatum 2.0 come out. I guess I thought I just thought we were going to see it a little bit more often in this regular season. No, that's that's all fair, and I think that comparing this regular season to the playoffs last year is obviously just like wild different for a variety of reasons. Not like playoff basketball, regular season basketball, two very different things. Gordon being in the lineup, um, 
you know, there were stretches in the playoffs last year where even Jalen was out too. Like Tatum's uh, responsibilities were so great in that, in the especially the Sixers series, um, and he really stepped up to the plate. Uh, and you know, when you dunk on LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals as a rookie, obviously that's a big, that's like a flashbulb moment that people remember, and they kind of look over all of the, you know. The, the, he took some crummy shots as well, and there were some defensive breakdowns, and you still have to factor in just how young he is. And um, so I thought that before heading into the season, uh, you know, people were really expecting greatness out of him, and you know, uh, there were people on TV saying that he should, he could be the best player on the team this year. He could be an All Star, and I thought that that was just a little, a uh, little too much too soon. Uh, but I, I do think that. Um, I'm not saying he he's better than he was last year, but I am saying that it's a little harsh to say that he's necessarily been uh, the biggest disappointment on the team. I'm I'm just amazed that Gordon Hayward was able to avoid this category. So is that who you had first before no, you you no. let us influence your decision <laughs> no, making? I did not. So here's here's my honorable mention. I had to change mine because I noticed I had on, to change. I, no, no, I noticed on the spreadsheet okay. that it was most. Disappointing player. Yes. I thought it was just most disappointing. And so I was considering <laughs> going with Brad Stevens. Oh, my God. most disappointing. Wow. I, okay. I, I think that's great. Go. I've, I mean, this has been a disappointing... Everyone's had a tough year. It's on the players first. But Brad Stevens is someone who you... I think all of us had immense confidence in to kind of figure this out. And I think he's been slow to react to situations in terms of the starting lineup, in terms of which guys he needs to ride, which guys need to kind of take a back seat in the offense. And, you know, the, the fact it took until game 75 to get to the Baines Horford front line, I think is, it's not damning, but I think that's like, that's troublesome. Baines has been a little, you know, to be fair, Baines has suffered some injuries this year. I, I agree, but like, but like he, more than we can count. I mean, yeah, but that's still, like, he was healthy for the first 30 games of the year, too. Like, we were talking about this before the game the year started. Like, should they start Baines? Should they go big? Like We, we also throwing... said that the, the, the Hayward, you know, the, the lineup that everyone thought was going to be great was going to be, like, better than the, the Warriors' death lineup. So, you know. Right, but it, that's, it's like, it's, like. It's just, no, no, it's, it's just, like, it's really difficult to, um, you know, adjust midseason to, you know, like if you're in the the head coach's seat to have those preseason thoughts and then have to adjust on the fly, it's just like, I I I, I usually don't even like criticizing coaches because it's just it's really there's so many different things. Like yeah, he could have started Baines, but then okay, so who goes to the bench? Probably Marcus Morris, and Marcus Morris is a guy who is you know probably one of the more vocal players in the locker room, one of the more influential players in the locker room. If he's unhappy and you lose him, what happens then? Like, so there's just all these different. Like, <laughs> could, it, le- could it been worse than what we've seen in the last two months? <laughs> like, honestly, like, well, here's the thing, Mike. Like, it's hard to change things in the middle of the season. Last year, he lost Gordon Hayward on opening night, and managed to patch that team to 55 wins. So we know he's capable of it. Of course, it's tough for things. It's hard on the fly. Like, of course, this has like been a nightmare year, but like, I I think. He, this has been his worst coaching year as a Celtic. Like, 
It's been his and toughest. I'm sorry, it's, that, that, it's been his that, toughest that, for sure. That gets to that question, but I, and I, I'm with Mike too in the sense of like, you know, we just you can't live that that alternate reality. And there's so many politics. There's so many things that we don't know about. There are agents that are calling after every single game, you know, bitching about their guys, and like there's there's just just like there's a lot of that. And I think for me, like it's hard, like the fact that Brad Stevens is a human being. That's what I've had to accept this season. And I think that's healthy. Right, and I think if, I, that's what I'm saying. Like he. He was so, he had been so good for so long and he still obviously is fantastic. I'd still rather take him over pretty much any other coach in the league right now. Don't get me wrong here. I'm just saying, like you said, Rich, like the fact that he is human (laughs) is disappointing because I I wasn't sure. (laughs) I wasn't sure if he was before the season, just based on how well he'd been able to make everything work, no matter what obstacles kind of came up. Think about two years ago, three years ago, like they traded away like, half the team and he was still turned that team into a playoff team even when they didn't want the the front office didn't want him to I like know. he's been Ex- that good expectations are just they're fascinating in the nba i think about them all the time and how they influence decisions like um i mean this whole biggest dis- the whole biggest disappointment thing is just about personal expectations that we right. had based right on and then it's nothing. like who is to say that like i even know what the hell i'm talking about <laughs> no, <laughs> you know exactly. what i mean um we should just stop doing the podcasting exactly all, we don't, we, we can we just... i think we we i was expecting one of you guys to pick gordon and i want to talk about gordon. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll have it we'll have a chance and uh later okay again yeah, like okay. two well, and, like quick, two things quick hit okay. category but let's okay. do uh let's do most uh most underutilized so congratulations to uh t- terry rozier for biggest disappointment <laughs> sweet take it home um most underutilized most underutilized yeah i'll, I'll come out I think Shemi is the obvious choice. Um, no, that's not true. You could, but I. Just, but I'm gonna, who's your pick? I'm gonna go with Brad Wanamaker. I'm just gonna do it. Is this wow! A, is this an anti-terrorizer? I rant. This is, this is just something where, I know he's a flawed player. I know he's been overseas for way too long to like for a reason, but like, when he does a lot of just like simple things that I think this team has benefited from instance whether it's getting the ball moving on offense running a good pick and roll um being able to knock down a three shooting 50 percent from three limited sample size but it's still 50 percent and um you know just being in the right place most of the time he's out there and again i understand the politics of the situation of the guys in front of him and not wanting to lose guys but it wouldn't. I would have liked to see him get like a, a five or ten game stretch to like see what he looks like when he has real talent around him, and see whether like that helped some of the team's issues on both ends of the floor when they were struggling. Okay, right. that's interesting. What do you think? I got a question for Pina. Yes. There have been forty six Celtics games since since Christmas. And how many of those games has Robert Williams played more than five minutes? 46 games. Three? Eight. Still oh. feels ridiculously, still feels very low to me. Is that your I know choice? It hasn't been exa- yeah, I knew, I knew it hasn't been healthy for the entire season, but like, it's just a dude that just seemed like so many times this year, it, at the worst moments, it just felt like the Celtics were missing something, right? kicking the ass or some sort of thing to ignite them. And it just felt like every time he was out there, I mean, every time, but most of the time he was out there, he seemed to provide that little kick. And 
I would have liked to see him maybe Brad throw that out there a little bit more often. The garden crowd loves him more than any other player right now. I will say that they get fired up when he comes into the game. Um, unfortunately, like I agree with you, Rich. Like, but the problem is his on-offs are like horrific, which is very surprising based on again the energy. The like, sample size you just is mentioned. pretty small, right? Yeah, the I sample mean, size is pretty small too. So like you can't really read into it as much. And he's playing with crappy players for a lot of it. I mean, I know he, right. he, he had some run with the starters, but I would love to see him with Al in these next few games right now. Like. Put, put that front line out there for the next week and for a few minutes a game to see what that looks like. Because if he has someone out there to help him on D, like I feel like that you hide some of his warts and you get the, the upside that he brings. Well, we talked about Robert Williams on the like at the draft and how interesting it was for the Celtics to draft a rim-rolling big who can't space the floor. And that's just really, that's just never been, uh, that's just really never been something that Brad Stevens has been interested in putting into his system. Um, so it, it hasn't really surprised me at all that Robert Williams hasn't really played. Um, to say nothing of the fact that he's a rookie on this team that's just like stacked at every position. And like even Tice can step out and shoot. And as much as I, I'm not a huge fan, just like that, that ability is something that I think Brad really, really values. So. Um, it hasn't really surprised me at all that he hasn't played big minutes. Who's your choice, Mike? My choice is Aaron Baines. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have, you know, briefly dropped his name a few times on this pod. And uh, I mentioned that he has been injured for stretches, uh, really bad injuries. And he seems to always get banged up. There was the play against the Sixers, um, that kind of turned the tide of that game when he had to leave. Um, I don't know, like, Baines is just, the, the Celtics are just so good when Horford and Baines are on the floor together. I thought that that would be a staple of this of this team, of this season. Again, uh, I, don't, I don't really necessarily agree with going away from that uh, as much as they have. Uh, you know, even when, he's, when he was healthy for a long time, or for 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 lengthy stretches, he couldn't crack the starting lineup. Uh, Baines is just he's just so rock solid in what he does. We talked about Marcus Smart's ability to know his role. Aaron Baines knows his role more than like anybody by far, in my opinion. Um, and I think you'll see his minutes go up in the playoffs. And I think that uh, whether it's as a backup five or a starting five or someone who'll just spell Al. Uh, Baines is just, he's a critical dude and he does a lot of dirty work and, uh, the Celtics are just a better team when he's on the floor. Yep. Cool. 100% agree with that. I, just to throw this out to you guys, like it almost feels like the Celtics are short a big now, which is crazy given, but like deciding this is the way they want to play. Like it's almost like they're too reliant on Baines and Horford now. Are you saying that they should have re-signed Greg Monroe? No. I'm saying <laughs> they could have used anyone but Greg Monroe. No, like I mean, like I I do wonder though, like if if they knew they were gonna like go big like this when they, if they like again and you can't they couldn't tell like no one knew that defense was gonna fall apart like it has at the trade deadline like it's kind of pretty much trending that way since then, but like I do wonder whether they you know Danny and company would have whether on the buyout market or via trade would have just tried to add you know a guy for 15 20 minutes a night to like 
ensure that they stay big. Who are you um, thinking? Like, who's a guy that would fit that? PJ Brown. Exactly, PJ Brown. I That's mean, I'm trying real... to think, hmm. like, who? I mean, honestly, I like I watched Bogut last night. And he wasn't coming. To the I know he wasn't going to come to Celtics, but like that's exactly the type of like mold. And like okay, I heard rumors they, they that they went after, you know, I I I think a Polish paper said that Gortat was approached by the Celtics, and he said no. Um, Is obviously... Gortat the publisher of this paper? Right, exactly. I know, like <laughs> Gortat, exactly. Like maybe that guy isn't even out there. That's like there is no easy answer for it. Like of like who could have been competently you could trust on defense to like play the, you know, backup Baines Horford role. Well, but... I know, I know that they inquired about Ennis Cantor, right. um, when he was bought out and, uh, that decision was, you know, it's just like the Celtics had such a difficult time, uh, convincing players to, to sign with them because, you know, they could not promise opportunity. And so, uh, even in a situation where Aaron Baines keeps getting hurt, uh, at the end of the day, the Celtics, I think, I like, I think their identity, even what I just said about Baines and the playoffs, we're going to see a lot more small ball throughout the league, even though the center position seems to be in vogue right now. Uh, so I, I, I think Horford's going to spend most of his time at center. Um, and so I don't know how many minutes there would have been for someone like Cantor to, to have an impact Uh and generally speaking, you know, in the playoffs, again, I I think they'd want to they still want to be as versatile and flexible as possible, and you can't do that with guys like that on the floor. So we're co- we're coming up on forty five minutes here. When you talk about just the playoff, you want to go to the to, to your stat of the week, Mike? Oh, Should we, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I I, I think in the name of uh, do we have a do we have a winner for this category? I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a three way uh, split right now. So I think okay. I don't know most underutilized. Maybe it was the most. Uh, I think we go to semi under. Yeah, yeah I'll give semi, it semi. Semi. Yeah, we go semi. <laughs> um, well, Rich, I, I we can like the stat of the week. We can definitely move to next week. It's not going anywhere. But um, I, I'm, I'm gonna like, ask you I, two. I'll ask, I'll I want to know the questions. questions. Well, I want to know the questions. It's just it's just two. Well, because you you mentioned PJ Brown. One of my questions <laughs> to you guys, and it's like super, superlatives, is like who in the playoffs is most likely to have the P.J. Brown moment. Who's the most likely sort of unsung hero of any potential Celtics finals run? Like, does it have to be someone who plays less than 20 minutes a game? Or just anyone? It can be whoever, whatever feels right in your heart. I'll say Gordon. I don't know if that, like... No, I think Gordon's one of the two guys I had written down. Is this qualified? P.J. wasn't on that max contract. (laughs) <laughs> i mean fine uh, the other the other ones the other one's marcus morris oh wow yeah um, are, are you guys ready for that it's just going to be so uncomfortable because everyone's being so been so awful about this guy not that he hasn't totally deserved it but the fact that he carried this team for the first two two to three months of the season has been totally forgotten and i don't think it should be yeah that's fair i mean we stayed away from him for disappointing because based on those we did great two three months so like we've taken it easy on him no, he also, it's really difficult for him to disappoint me. <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, uh, the I, next one is, uh, think, sorry, I, go ahead. No, I'm going to go, can I, I'm going to go Baines again. Mm, I like that. Ooh, that is a I mean, good one. L- last year, the three-point shot just came out of nowhere. That was a huge deal. Um, I anticipate him being a humongous factor uh, in the first round against 
the Turner Sabonis duo. We'll see how how many minutes those two play together uh, in the second round. You need absolutely need Baines to be a guy who uses basically all six fouls, just roughing the shit out of Giannis, uh, um, hustling back in transition. Like, it's like Horford can't do that by himself. Um, so I just think Baines is going to be. He's huge, and, and he's he's actually like he can also hit the mid range jumper, which a lot of people don't know. He doesn't really have an opportunity to do that too much, but I can totally see him hitting like that random big shot for that just came out of nowhere. In your in your mind right now, is it a three pointer? Uh, top of the yeah, top of the key, straight away, just dagger. Oh, I can see has, it. It has yeah. to be at the garden too. Has to be. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, you might have sold me. Yeah. Uh the next one is this is good. This would be the, the like the playoff Rondo award, you know uh, when he was here. By the way, you saw he uh, passed Bob Cousy for 18th on the all-time assist list. Little uh, Celtics <laughs> cross section there. No reaction. No. No. <laughs> B Rob, did you write um, one? Did you write one down for the Rondo Cousy? I know uh, that did not uh, didn't make it on the radar here. Sorry. All right, so there are a lot. So there are a lot of guys on this year's team that sort of embody that that the inconsistency that Rondo brought to the table, uh, certainly his last few years. But uh, who do you think is the most likely dude to to turn it on once the playoffs start and to be his best self? Can I go? There are a couple of good candidates. Okay, can I go? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Tatum. Pretty easily. For, actually, well, Tatum or Jalen, but I'm going Tatum. You're up? I, I'm gonna go Terry Rozier. Stole my, you stole my. I'm gonna go Terry right. Rozier because he, he has played his best basketball in the playoffs for the past two years. So, that's where, you know, Brad Stevens is hitching his wagon to. Danny Ainge is hitching his wagon to. And if you only care about the playoffs, then like that's probably not the the worst bet. And um, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he proves everyone <laughs> wrong for like, you know bitching about him for the last five months because uh he needs it and his contract needs it too okay because you've been very anti-terry this season and now you're setting yourself up so like if he if he fails you on this one too like that yeah that... So this, i'm giving him one last chance here I'm, I'm offering him like you know i'm offering him my hand to like you know i'm turning the other cheek and um yeah and if he i'm officially out though if he uh if he right. proves me wrong, though, I uh, think Ter- the Celtics will be out too. Yeah, <laughs> T- Terry. Terry was my pick. Was my pick as well. I think that say so there's going to be at least one. He's going to win one game in these playoffs. There will be a Terry Rozier game. Well, he got some practice in that in Charlotte the other night, so hopefully it goes better than. How did his game? In, how did his game in Brooklyn go without Kyrie? Uh, or not great. Not great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I won a little money on that game. <laughs> That's right. So, so wait, what did you what did you bet? You did you bet the because that was when everyone was out for the Celtics. Yes. And, and did you bet the money line or the spread? Uh, spread. So the Nets were giving a point and a half. Great bet, Mike. It's a great bet, it's right? A great bet. I'm not even a gambler. Great bet. Um, There's never a great. Well, maybe there are a few great bets, but. That's so not a great one. I won that. I, I guess. I, 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 I guess we'll wrap up here um, with my my gambling escapades in Vegas real quick. Please. Um, 
Yeah, so won some money on that game. Put money on Texas Tech versus Gonzaga. Uh, I was getting four. They won straight up. Um, and you're awesome. and you're not and you're not a gambler, right? Like this is. I'm not a gambler. I were you with were you with gamblers? No, I was with people who were like, oh, you know the NBA. Put money down in an NBA game, I and was you like, won. Okay. Yeah, and then everyone started p- placing the same after the the yeah, Celtics they copy game. You? Yeah, they then, then everyone was copying yeah, me. That's right. Um, and then the other game that I did, which was kind of absurd, was the uh, Hawks Bucks game, which was like a, tw- a, a noon start. Uh, Bucks were playing. I looked at the starting lineup for the Bucks, and I saw that there were two players who I'd never heard of before. And I was like, "Oh, that's a interesting thing." And then I saw that this, the Hawks were getting six points. Oh my I gosh! Like, I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> so I like ran over to the the desk, and the lady's like, "The line just swung like five and a half points." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" So I still took the bet, and then Trey Young hit a buzzer beater, and I won. So Ooh. they were giving what? They were giving one, or was they it were even? getting one and a half? Got it. After getting six, got it. Um, I guess I would have won even if he didn't hit the buzzer beater, but it's still cool that he hit it. Right. So were you guys all watching together, like you, like the whole the whole crew that put a bunch of money on your picks? Yes. And you watched it unfold together. Yeah, and the the Hawks were uh, down, I think, forty five to twenty in the first quarter. So everyone was like, "You're an idiot. No wonder you're unemployed." Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I had to explain that you know it's, it's the first quarter means absolutely nothing in the NBA, especially these days. Um, so it was good. Worked out for everybody. So what you do, if you're an experienced better, once you see that happen, then you go and you put, place a live bet. You double down on the Hawks. Okay, so uh, I mean, this is point, what I don't understand. Yeah, if you guys were texting me throughout the week, I'd be like, oh, you got a hedge. Well, I, I have no idea what any of that means. So <laughs> you did it right. You, you, placed, you placed three bets, you won all three, and you walked away. Yep. Yeah, you don't you don't want to go down the road. Just, just, no. just keep, keep your head up. A lot of depressing faces at the sports book, I got to say. Yeah. Which, which sports book were you at? Uh, first was Caesars. Yeah, Caesars basically where we spend most of the time. Nice. Yeah. Who, who are the two guys on the on the Bucks you never heard of? Bonzi Colson was probably one of them, right? Yeah, him. And then the other one, I know who Tim Frazier is, but I don't. You know, like right. it was like yeah, Tim they Frazier's signed him about, last week. Yeah, it was like Tim Frazier's about to play how many minutes in this game? He played the whole uh, game. Fifty-three yeah, with a triple double, right? Yeah. Also, Not main bad. Red Claws legend, I believe. That's correct. Yeah. Or it's Anthony Davis. Maybe he'll get signed this offseason by the Celtics. <laughs> All right, um, do we want to wrap it up here? Yeah. I, um, we'll save, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll save the rest of the story for later. We'll save that for yeah. later because that, that's, that story is going to work. And it's an the Celtics time. are playing the Rockets in the finals. Sure, um, exactly. But, uh, yeah, we hope everyone enjoyed the first award winning plays award show um and if you you send your gripes or your agreements to us on twitter follow us at michael v Pina, at rich underscore levine at brian t rob uh subscribe to the winning plays podcast um review us rate us on itunes and yeah definitely looking forward to getting some playoff juice going for next week playoff juice let's do it all right Thanks, guys.